Did you, when you were growing up, did you ever go and sit in your mom and dad's car and get behind the steering wheel and pretend like you were driving? Did any of y'all ever do that besides me? I mean, did you ever crawl in there? I mean, you didn't have the keys to it or anything, but you just got, you curled up in that uh, that driver's seat, and you got behind that driver's wheel. Remember, I mean, when you got there, you, you were so little, you kind of sank down in that big seat, and you're about halfway up the steering wheel. I mean, up the steering wheel. I mean, you tried with your feet. How many of you tried with your feet? You tried the, I mean, you, you tried to everything you can to reach the gas pedal or the brake, and you just couldn't do it. How many of you ever made noises? I mean, you made noises like you were driving, you turned, and you turned the blinker on. I mean, you just made a big deal out of it. I mean, I mean, you, you couldn't go anywhere. You had the car, you were in the car, you had an engine, you had gas in it, but you couldn't go anywhere. You know what, I think that's what a lot of Christians have done in the life. I mean, a lot of Christians, I believe, they're sitting in the car of Christianity as they're sitting in the car of Christianity. I mean, I mean, they're wanting God to do something great, but if you're sitting in your car of Christianity, you're seeing some go by, and spiritually, they're going to 80 miles an hour right next to you. Some you see are turning this way. Some are turning that way. Some you just see the power of God resting upon them, and you're just sitting there. You're just sitting there. I mean, you're in, the, you're in the Christian car. You've accepted Christ. You've been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You've been redeemed. Your name's written down in the Lamb's book of life. But you're just sitting there. You're watching all these other people be used by God. You're watching this happen. You're watching them being consistent. You watch. You struggle with being consistent in Christian life. And, and here you are. So you know what you do? I, I think you do what the Flintstones did. Do any of y'all remember the Flintstones? What was it, Yabba? I mean, what would they do? I mean, Fred Flintstone, they would get in their car, and how would they go? They would pedal their feet. So you know what we do? We get in the car of Christianity. We've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. We've been redeemed. We watch all these other people being used. we got power. They're going 80 miles an hour. I mean, they're energized in Jesus. And you're just kind of sitting here. So you think, you know what I better do? I need to try harder. So you know what you do? You're in that little car of Christianity. You start pumping. I need to try harder. I need to do more. I need to try harder. I need to do more. And I mean, you're trying harder. You're doing more. And, oh, they're going really fast. I need to try a little bit harder. I need to do more. I need to try a little bit harder. I got to catch up with those other people. I got to and you just I can't do this. Can I tell you? Christianity is not about trying harder. I think sometimes when 
We look at so many Christians, they're so inconsistent. I think they're inconsistent because it's what they're doing and what they're trying. How do we get in our car of Christianity and go 80 miles an hour? Are you ready? Here's the answer. Be filled by the Spirit. Have you ever looked at a person and said, look at them spiritually. They're dynamic. They're energetic. I mean, they've got the heart of God. And then you might use the same, well, they are Spirit-filled. What does it mean to be spirit-filled? Does that mean we have a second baptism of the Holy Spirit? Some would say that. Some would say, oh, it's a, it's a second blessing that you get. I've had some look at me and even, oh, Pastor, mm-mm-mm. They'll say, we're going to start praying, Pastor Eric, that you start speaking in tongues and you're filled with a spirit. Someone say, oh, you're not, you, you're, not, you're not filled with the spirit until you're speaking in tongues. You got to be speaking in tongues. Turn with me, Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse 17 probably gives us the clearest picture of being spirit-filled of anywhere in the New Testament. Do we see people spirit-filled in the New Testament? Let me ask you, was the Apostle Paul spirit-filled? Yeah. Was Simon Peter spirit-filled? Yes. Was John the Baptist spirit-filled? Yes. Was Stephen spirit-filled as he was being killed? And it's incredible. The Scripture in Acts tells us, Acts 7, 55, as Stephen was being martyred for his faith, it says, and Stephen was full of the Spirit. So I'm going to ask you a question. Are you filled with the Spirit? It is a command of God that you be filled with the Spirit. What does it mean to be filled by the Spirit? Here's the takeaway, and I want you to write this down. Very simply, this is what I want you to remember today. Being Spirit-filled is not you getting more of the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit getting more of you. If you want to live a spirit-filled life as Ephesians chapter 5 commands you to be ye being filled, a continuous process as we are the passive object as we surrender, and then it is God who fills us with his spirit. As God fills us with his spirit, then we sense 
the empowerment and the enabling of Almighty God, but it's not having more of the Holy Spirit. When you got saved, you got all the Holy Spirit of God you will ever need. The difference is, are you allowing the Holy Spirit of God to have you? Here's the next statement right there. Turn over the controls. What does that mean? It is saying, when you are saying, God, I want to be spirit-filled, I want you to have all of me, you are saying, God, you control me, you are my leader, you're my boss. I mean, it's the most intimate, it's the most important relationship in the world. God, it is about you. But here's what I know. How many of us are controlling? Anybody struggle with being controlling? We can get you in a room pretty fast, and we can tell we all struggle with control, don't we? You know, when I realized um, an issue of control for me is when I was teaching our oldest son how to drive. You know, I I didn't think if I'm in the car riding with you, most of the time I'm not a backseat driver, unless it's Amy driving, right? But most of the time I'm not a bad backseat driver. I'm... But I'm telling you, when I was teaching John Robert how to drive, I I cannot tell you, how how many of y'all have ever done this? You're sitting on the uh, passenger side, but how many of you ever been putting your foot through the floorboard trying to stop the car? When I learned about teaching John Robert how to drive, I learned one minute I could be spirit-filled and the next minute I could not be. One minute I could think, oh, I'm filled by the Spirit of God. God is on me. The next minute I'm screaming and hollering, stop! I remember as he's learning, going up to red lights, and and, and I've got a little challenge, personal challenge going on in my life. You know, I'm up and down Dunlop and Road quite a bit. So one of the things I'm doing right now, I am timing how long every red light is on Dunlop and Road. I mean, they are forever. I mean, I mean, I, the evangelist that stands on the corner with his megaphone, I mean, the red light is so long, you can present the entire gospel presentation while you're sitting there. But I remember telling John Robert, hey, John Robert, the, the light's red ahead of us. All right, Dad, I said, hey, John Robert, we're getting a little bit closer. To, you know, the light's red. Hey, John, we're getting pretty close to the lights right. I think it's a good time to hit your brakes and start slowing down. Hey, John Robert, we're getting really close to the light. It'd be a good time to hit your brakes. Hey, Dad, I got this. Hey, John Robert, we're getting really close. John Robert, stop! And I learned through that. God convicted me. said, Eric, if you're going to be full of the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, i got to have all of you. First Baptist, if you want to be filled with the Spirit of God, the Spirit has to have more of you. What is it right now you're struggling to give the Spirit? What are you struggling in the Lord? 
We're commanded to be filled by the Spirit. Let's read it. Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to begin in verse number 17. I mean, this is the clearest part. Incredible. Ephesians chapter 5 is a beautiful passage of Scripture. We know the book of Ephesians well. The first three chapters of the book of Ephesians are doctrine-based. I mean, it's all that you're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. I mean, it is all theological doctrine in the first three chapters. The last three chapters of Ephesians are how it's practically lived out in our life. Look at Ephesians 5. Look at verse 1. It tells us that we are to be imitators. We're to be imitators of God. How are we going to be imitators? Look at verse number 2. When we imitate God, we walk in love. Look what it says in verse number 8. When we're imitating God, we walk in love. When we're imitating God, look what it says in verse 8. Walk as children of light. We walk as children of light. Look at verse number 15. When we're imitating God, we walk in love. We walk in light. Look at verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly. When you are imitating God, you walk carefully. I love John Phillips' commentary. John Phillips explains it like this. It's like a cat on top of a wall, and on top of the wall are pieces of glass and sharp things. I mean, it's a protective wall, and a cat gets on top of it, and he walks carefully to miss all of the glass and all of the stuff that's on top of it. He's saying, when we walk, we got to walk carefully because the devil has set a trap for us, so we better be filled with the Spirit. We're imitating love. We're imitating walk in life. We're imitating we walk very careful. We're imitating. We're filled with the Spirit. Look at it goes on to say in verse 17. Therefore, don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Here is the will of the Lord. Verse 18, and do not be drunk with wine, in which is dispatient, but be filled, be ye being, being filled. As a matter of fact, if you look at the Greek word there, it is referring to all believers. I mean, and where I come from, you's all be filled. You all be filled. This scripture is telling us all of us should be filled. I want you to write down these five things, observation about the filling of the Holy Spirit. Number one, the filling of the Holy Spirit is just not for some elite group. The Spirit filling is just not for some elite certain group. The spirit of the filling of God, according to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, but be filled, I'm telling the Greek this is, and all believers, the filling of the Holy Spirit of God God is for every single one of us. It is not for some elite group that's out there that says, we have more of God than you, and we're more snooty than you because we've got something that you don't have. Have have you ever met that person that they have said, we have arrived spiritually because we got this? 
I want everybody to look at me. If you're a Christ follower in Jesus Christ, you're in the car of Christianity. Can I tell you, it is the will of God that you are filled by His Spirit. It is just not for some and not for others. It's just not for the preacher. It's just not for the evangelist. It's just not for the missionary. Look at me, Christ follower. If you are a Christ follower, you're in the car of Christianity. God's will is that you are spirit-filled. What is that? Christ having more of you. Number two, I want you to write this down. Having the spirit filling is not to be confused with spirit baptism. When every one of us got saved, we were spiritually baptized into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit. Let me read this scripture to you. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. So I don't want you to confuse the difference when somebody says, oh, you got to have a second baptism of the Holy Spirit. There is nowhere in this scripture that it says that there is a second baptism of the Holy Spirit of God. You are baptized once and for all when you got saved into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So, what is the difference between the two? Well, look at the chart that's going to come up on the screen, and and I want you to see it. I think this chart really explains it well. Look at the baptism of the Holy Spirit occurs only once in each believer's life. The filling is a repeated experience. As a matter of fact, at 7.30, you can be filled with the Spirit, and 8 o'clock, you couldn't be. How many of you have ever left your house, you had your morning devotion, everything went great, man, you're hot with Jesus, it's going to be a great day. At 8 o'clock, somebody cuts you off and you're cussing them out. How many of you, you got up, you had your quiet time, great morning, you're jammed up, it's time to get the kids up, and it is all World War III, you put the dynamite in their bed, I mean, you do everything you can. I mean, all of a sudden, How many of you needed the, the filling of the Spirit of God? I mean, at 7.30, you didn't have it. At 8 o'clock, boom, it leaked. The baptism never happened before the day of Pentecost. And as you read the description of all that happens throughout the book of Acts, the filling occurred. We even see it all throughout the Old Testament. We see the baptism is true of all believers. The filling is not necessarily experienced by all. All of us have the Spirit of God, but all of us are not experiencing the, the filling of the Holy Spirit of God. All of us, for the baptism, it cannot be undone. Thank you, Jesus, for that. But the filling can be lost. Get results. We're baptized in the Spirit by the result of the position that we are now in Christ. The result of the filling of the God that we are results is power. Baptism occurs when we believe and put our faith in Christ. Filling occurs throughout the life of a Christian. Baptism, baptism, no prerequisite, but except 
faith in Christ for the feeling. It depends upon our yieldness and our surrender. I don't want you to miss it. Look at me, First Baptist. The filling of the Spirit is in line with the yieldness and the surrender of who we are. It's the Holy Spirit getting more of us. Write this third thing down about the Spirit filling. The Spirit filling is the key to living a consistent Christian life. Most Christians live an inconsistent Christian life because they are not They've not learned how to live in the power of the Holy Spirit of God. They are trying harder. They're trying to do more. They're trying to figure it out. Instead of surrendering more, allowing God to rest upon their soul and for the power of God to use them. Most of you have heard of D.L. Moody, hadn't you? What do we know about D.L. Moody? A powerful man of God. The story is told that as D.L. Moody was preaching and he got finished preaching, there was two little ladies that came up to him and said, D.L. Moody, we're praying that you're filled with the Spirit. Yeah, I mean, it took D.L. Moody kind of off guard, as a matter of fact. I mean, God was using him in a great way at that moment, and he, he, it's kind of made a little upset. But not long after that, we know what happened in Chicago. Remember the great fire of Chicago and everything that God allowed him to build gone he went into depression he went into difficulty and then he went into mode I'm going to do more and I'm going to try harder and I'm going to do this until he got alone and he got alone with God He had to remember what those two sweet ladies told him. Dale Moody, you need to be filled with the Spirit. Dale Moody would say, you know what? I was preaching this. I would preach the same exact sermon, but now when I preach it, the power of God would fall upon me. All of a sudden, I could just realize, all of a sudden, God was moving in such a mighty way. And he said, I realized on this side, I was in the car of Christianity. I was trying harder. I was moving harder. I was trying everything I can to move the car of Christianity for. And I realized I needed to be filled with the Spirit. When I was full of the Spirit, the power of God moved. First Baptist, we've got to be careful that we're not in the car of Christianity. We're going to try harder. We're going to do more. I mean, we're going to do everything that we can. You know what we need, First Baptist? We need the power of the Spirit of God to rest upon us. What is that? That God's Spirit has more of us now. Write this fourth thing down. When we have the Spirit of God... You see it. Let me show it to you. Look at Ephesians chapter 5. Look at verses 19, 20, and 21. Look at what is manifested. Look, in this text of Scripture, there's four really clear evidences that when the Holy Spirit of God moves in us, Verse 19, speaking to one another 
in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Write this down. What are evidences that we are filled with the Holy Spirit of God? Our speaking and the words that we use change. Speaking to one another. When we are filled with the Spirit, it means we are controlled by the Spirit. We're being led by the Spirit. It means we're not controlling us. We are dying, and He is becoming greater in us. We are decreasing. He's increasing. When that happens, our vocabulary and our speaking changes to each other. What do we know? Our words come from our heart. And when our heart is under control of the Holy Spirit, it changes the way we speak. Look at the next thing it says in verse 19, speaking to one another in, in psalms and hymns and spiritual, singing and making a melody in your heart to the Lord. You know what changes when we're spirit-filled? Our singing changes. You know, I... I between Wednesday night prayer meeting in here, uh, some of y'all can really sing. Some of you, I'm praying for you. But it's not about, please listen to me. It's not about the sound. It's about the condition of the heart. Spirit-filled is not that you have more of the Holy Spirit, but it has more of you. And when it has more of you, let me tell you, your singing changes. Look at verse 20. Look at this. Look at the third thing that happens. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we're filled by the Spirit, controlled by the Spirit, guess what? We are a thankful people. We're not a bitter person. We're not a, a person that holds back, but we are a thankful person to God, that we are thankful. Listen to this. Our thanksgiving is not tied to our circumstances, but our thanksgiving is tied to the glory of God and to who God is. When you are spirit-filled, your thanksgiving is tied to the spirit and not to circumstances. That's why somebody can have the worst circumstances of life, but they can be praising Jesus and thanking Jesus. Why? Because their spirit is tied to God. So let me ask you a question. How's your speech? How, how's your singing? I mean, what were you singing about? The top 40 of the world or the top 40 things about God? How's your thanksgiving? Let me show you a, a fourth thing. This is, look in verse 21. This is just, I'm telling you, this is the best explanation in the Scripture. Verse 21, when you're filled with the Spirit, look how we treat each other. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. What does that look like? Quite a few years ago, before Adrian Rogers went to be with the Lord, and 
Adrian Rogers is a pastor at Bellevue Baptist in Memphis, Tennessee, all those years. Probably one of the heroes of my faith. Amy and I had the privilege to go to a pastor's conference. She had to, by God's grace, I got invited to it. And Amy and I, in an up-close and personal way, got to spend a week with Dr. Rogers and Joyce. And, and what a blessing that was. But here's what Dr. Rogers, one of the things he taught me. And I believe if we did this as a church, we'd be submitting to one another. This is what Dr. Rogers said, challenged us. He said, I want you to think of the person that you respect more than any person in the world. Who is the person that when they walk in the room, you have the utmost respect for them and love for them? He said, I mean, that person, when you're with them, you're just, you're just thanking God. Lord, thank you that I get to be with them. Thank you. I mean, you respect them. You... He said, this is what I want you to do. He said, I want you to treat every single person that you come in contact with, and I want you to look at them like it's the person that you respect more than any other person in the world. And you treat, treat them with dignity, you treat them with respect, and you treat them the same way that you would the person that you respect more than any other. And he said, let me tell you, it's an amazing what will happen. Could you imagine, First Baptist, could you imagine as we are filled by the Holy Spirit of God, we submit to each other and we show each other respect and we love each other in the love of Christ. Write this fifth thing down and I'm done. Spirit filling is not determined by your circumstances, but the condition of your heart. Being filled by the Spirit is not tied to the circumstances of your life, but it's tied to the condition of your So how's the condition of your heart? I'm going to read this one more time. Ephesians 5 verse 18 and I'm done. Here is the command of God for us. It's for all of us. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation. And I want you to know this. As your pastor... I am completely a teetotaler. I don't have any alcohol at all because the only thing I see alcohol do is destroy. I know there is a great move within the church today. I, I was listening to a podcast uh, about two weeks ago, and this pastor's going, to, Oh, yes, you can drink, but whatever you do, don't get drunk and all that. And I love uh, Pastor Johnny Hunt at First Baptist Woodstock. He's with a group of pastors. Because, guys, let me tell you, there is a great um, move with all these young pastors that are all drinking now and all this stuff. It's kind of a different ball game. 
And as Johnny Hunt was in that room, said he asked him one question. He said, how many of y'all have ever abused it? And every one of them had to raise their hand. He said, that's the, exactly the reason why we stay away from it. I personally believe it's not a wise decision to drink. I, I'm, not, I, I'm not a pastor that puts my head in the sand. I know there's probably quite a few in this room that drink. Here's one of the examples I've always said. Why in the world am I going to ever bring that in my home, something that could destroy one of my children? One of the most painful days of my life as a pastor happened on a Wednesday night after church. I, I get a phone call. One of our college girls, a beautiful young lady, um, she was about four miles away from church, was just in a little accident, fender bender, not a big deal. She called her dad and said, hey, dad, come get me. I've been in an accident. A person hit me, and yada, yada, yada. They lived maybe 10 minutes away from when the accident happened. By the time he got there, his daughter was dead. You know what happened? While she was there just after a minor fender bender, not a big deal. Then all of a sudden, a drunk driver came on the road and ran right over her. And I remember standing in the middle of that big intersection, a six-lane highway, by the hours, with a family. And let me tell you, there is no drink in the world that is worth the pain that it can cause. Do not be drunk with wine. We don't want to be controlled by any substance except the Holy Spirit. End of verse 18. But be filled with the Spirit. So here's going to be the invitation today. It's not you getting more of the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit getting more of you. So the invitation is this, Christ followers. In a minute, we're going to stand, and I'm going to invite you to Christ. If you're in here and you've never accepted Jesus Christ, He's the only one that can forgive your sin. He's the only one that can set you free. I mean, when we stand, there's going to be some pastors down front. You come and accept Christ. For you as Christ followers, here's the invitation. I want you to make the commitment. Lord God, Holy Spirit, have more of me. There's not a single one of us in this room. None of us have arrived. None of us can say, oh, the Holy Spirit doesn't need more of me. Can I tell you, the Holy Spirit needs more of all of us. So today, here's the invitation. For you to pray, surrender. For you to pray, oh, Holy Spirit of God, have more of me. And pray, Holy Spirit of God, fill me. And that means that he controls everything about me.
Lord God, we love you. We thank you for the command that we are to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We know as Christ followers, as we're in the car of Christianity, we have the Holy Spirit. But Lord, may we be filled by the Spirit that you have more of us. Right now, as your heads are bowed, eyes are closed, no one's moving. How many of you would say, Pastor Eric, I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit will have more of me. How many of you say, Pastor Eric, there's some things in my life that I need to surrender. There's some struggles in my life I need to give the Lord. Here's what I want to ask you to do. When we stand, as soon as we stand, you just come to this altar. Several of you, raise your hand. Just come and say, Lord, I want to have more of me. Some of you need to come confess some sin. Some of you need to pray, God, I'm just going to come and pray at this altar. Lord, Holy Spirit of God, fill me. Some of you, when we stand, some of you need to come and join. This is where God wants your church home to be. Why don't you come? Some of you need to come get saved. The pastor's going to be down front. The moment we stand, you come and join. You come and get saved. You come to be baptized. You come and say, Lord, I want more of your spirit. I want the spirit to have more of me. Lord God, I pray over this invitation time that, God, we will be obedient as your spirit leads us. In Christ's name, amen. Let's stand to our...